Hey everybody, welcome back to the final episode of NBA Heist here on the Rambling Viking Podcast. As always with this series, if you don't know by now, it's uh, myself and Connor, the mastermind behind this idea, to use a term, uh, ha ha ha, so punny. Anyways, this is the final episode. We're looking at the top teams in the East and the West, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to be starting with the Lakers. So, Connor, how are you feeling? How you, how you feeling about them? Well, I actually feel pretty good uh, as them as a team. But mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if my I, my feelings on them and my idea changes in the context specifically of these heists. If that changes things a little bit. Because their bench is going to play a decent-sized role. Now that they've mm-hmm. got JR and Gators Island. Um. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I'm I'm curious to see. And you know, as you said in your notes, Alex Caruso, the wild card. <laughs> this team was this team was hard because of all the recent moves. You had Avery not yeah. not being here, and who was the other one? There was somebody else. Rondo. Rajon. Yeah, Rondo. And then they bring on Jr. And you have wait like you Dion Waiters too. So it's like they have all these yeah. moving pieces right now. So in in like big picture, in terms of how they can do is probably really good. But for what we're looking at, it was a little weird to try and figure I'm out. I'm interested like, to see. It, it was a little weird to look at them with uh, like figuring out, okay, like who's the actual six man. Cause they have these new guys. So it's hard to tell, but yeah. anyways, um, let's start with their mastermind, Frank Vogel. Give me a breakdown. Um, Frank Vogel. Uh, he did it for a long time in uh, Indiana and in Orlando for a small stint. I believe, unless I'm thinking of something wrong here. But um, I think he's solid. He had never cracked the big one, had never got the got the whole shebang. But I think he's a solid mastermind. Not the upper echelon necessarily that we worked with in the last episode, or even maybe, I, I don't know, he might be similar to the par of uh, who the box have as their mastermind. It's tough to tell. But I don't think either one of them are quite on the level that the previous episode had Nick Nurse and uh, Doc Rivers, but I think he's all right. What do you think? I'm right there with you. Like it's funny that these two masterminds seem lesser than the last two, but they they maybe have better teams. Like I don't know. It's weird. Like I remember yes. I, I went and looked at Vogel and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Hmm, he's good, but hasn't really had to prove much. And so this year will kind of be telling, but kind of not because peeking ahead at your notes, you will have some interesting conversation coming up. So he's good. He does good enough. But when you have the lead man that you, that he has, it's kind of like you don't really have to be that good necessarily. Anyways, That's we, can, uh, we can go on to their lead man, their point forward potentially yeah. their low-key mastermind, LeBron James. <laughs> yep. Uh, their point guard, who they li- have him listed at point guard, is LeBron yep. James. My only note on this was, is he actually the mastermind? I didn't hardly look up any of his stats this year because it doesn't really matter much because he's the same that he has been since he left Miami. Miami, he was a superhero. Since then, he's been the same incredible top one, two, three player in the world. But I wonder if he's actually the mastermind. People say that and have said that for years and years at this point, once again, since he left Miami. But 
I don't know. It might very well be true because who did he just bring in? J.R. Smith. Who is he won the big one with? J.R. Smith. Mm-hmm. I will say it is impressive that Frank Vogel has. We've had zero push for him to be replaced by the guy that LeBron wanted to bring in on the uh, who is their assistant coach, which is um, Jason Kidd. He's on that bench, mm. and LeBron wanted him in and. At the time, everyone thought, okay, it's going to be like two months, and then Vogel's going to be out, Kid's going to be in, and it's just going to be the thing. But that hadn't happened yet, partially because they've been so successful. So, I don't know. You tell me. He's either the lead man or he's the mastermind. I thought that would be an interesting thing to say with him because there's no other point in talking otherwise with LeBron. (laughs) Well, I also didn't look at his stats at all. Straight up ignored him because you don't need to. And... Uh, it's man right there with you. Yes, he's the lead man. Kind of, he's the mastermind, and really low key, he might be the big boss. Even, I mean, he, he makes moves. He makes big boss level moves sometimes. I mean, he really did in Cleveland, but now yeah. Cleveland. But he at least has that kind of pull where it's like he says something, the big boss listens. He's at least got the big boss's nope. ear in a very serious way. So, I mean. At this point, yeah, he really is, in a lot of ways, a mastermind, and and, and so I'm I'd be fine with calling him kind of like a the secondary or like the practical mastermind, like he's the mastermind at the heist. Like Vogel just draws yeah. it up, and he's not even in he's not even in anybody's ear during the heist. He just sits yeah. back and it's monitors, kind of- and and LeBron is the active mastermind where he's actually got the yeah. intercom into everybody's ear, and he's there on the ground. To take it into the Ocean's Eleven, it's kind of like Vogel is Clooney, yeah. where he's not actually doing much. He's just telling people. Mm-hmm. But uh, LeBron is Brad Pitt. Like, he's actually in the weeds, but also it's pretty much his show. <laughs> I like that. That That's pretty much where I'm at with it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, we can really move on from him. It's... Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. So let's go on to uh, the curious case of Contavious Caldwell Pope, Pope, otherwise known as KCP, um, so you don't have to get into a tongue twister. Yeah. Uh, KCP shooting 39.4% on threes this year on, uh, let's see, what is it? 3.5 attempts. 107 defense rating. He's probably just a cash grabber. Um, my first initial thought when I saw the percentage was safe cracker. He just doesn't take very many of them. Nope. And so I get, yeah, I think the move is just call him a safe cracker. And I think we probably just move on. There's not a lot to say about him unless you got deep notes on KCP. No, I have less notes. <laughs> I have, I have less notes than he has letters in his name. So gotcha. he is cash grabber. He is, they need, yeah. they need five crew members for this height or, or six, I guess six crew members for this heist, not including the mastermind. And so they went and found this KCP so they could have six crew members for this heist. It's kind of like when you play in these co-ed softball leagues or, or co-ed sports leagues and they're, they're rec leagues. And it's like, you have to have at least two girls or whatever. It's kind of like that <laughs> in some ways. It's like, yeah, he kind of, he, he has to have that. So we can go ahead and move on to who probably is their actual safe cracker. Danny green. Give me a breakdown. Danny green, 37.8% from three on 4.9 attempts, 105 defense rating. 
He's your safe cracker. I mean, he's pulled the big one a few different times in a few different locales, including last year. So it's fresh. Um, I believe he still has the record for most threes in a final series. That might have been taken over by the Warriors, actually, but someone on the Warriors. But and if it hadn't, it was him. So he's your safe cracker. He's pretty much the prototypical type of safe cracker. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think he is. Yeah, he. It, it he's pretty straightforward, and I think he still yeah. does have that record. But so we could honestly probably move it on to Anthony Davis. Really, I don't really have much to add we to should. that. So give me a breakdown. I think on we him. should. AD the brow. Um, he's the secondary lead man almost, but LeBron is just so much of a lead man that there's not really like you know how we had. Uh, last episode with the 60% Kyler Lowry was the lead man and 40% it was Pascal. That's not the case here. Even though he is just a uh, kind of a secondary lead man, he is really not because of LeBron. LeBron is just, he's not a player, he's a system. So what we're talking here, uh, just to give you some stats on him real quick, he's shooting 33.5% from three. On three and a half attempts, attempts a game, got a 105.6 defense rating, which neither one of those are really standout, especially the safe cracking ability of Anthony Davis, which I guess we never really <laughs> had initially called him a safe cracker anyway. But you really just can't. He's not there, and he'll keep trying. He'll keep shooting more and more, and he'll get there, but he's – I mean, he might get there, I guess. I, I don't actually know if he'll ever be able to save, be able to crack safes with the best of them, but he's your smooth operator. He does about everything. He's not a, set, he's not a lead man, though, just because of LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, he's – and he's he's a question mark because – I don't know if I'd call him flaky in, in, in heist terms, but – he maybe maybe we could it could stay the same in high terms. He always seems to just hurt himself and to like in a compromising way, right? Like he can't. Yeah, he just can't quite pull it. Something something goes wrong every time, and mm-hmm. it's weird. It hadn't this year, and fingers crossed it won't. Just out of you never want to see anyone get injured, but you worry about right. it. So I don't know. I yeah, I th- I agree though. He's not. He's definitely not the lead man because when you have LeBron, you're not the lead man. And uh, yeah, he doesn't really crack any safes for this crew. So smooth operator really fits his bill. He kind of just does it all. And he's, I mean, he's he's a star in his own right, and he's well known yeah. in in the heist world. So um, now we can move on to maybe what we might might call the the shacked in a fool champ, but surprisingly effective of the world yeah yep JaVale this is, McGee. Uh, JaVale McGee. yeah that's who we're talking about here he's a brute not really a whole lot going on with him um you could call him a cash driver if you wanted but he's he's a brute and he kind of shares co-brute duties with dwight howard who's a lot more fun to talk about but he doesn't <laughs> start and he's not the sixth man by mm-hmm. minutes so you really can't but it's, they're, they basically do the same thing anymore. They're just a brute. They're just here to roll to the bucket, catch a lob, and protect the protect the rim on the other end. 
that's that's all they're there for. And they do a good job of it this year, as it turns out. So it is what it is. Yeah, he man, he it really is kind of like a tag team situation between him and Dwight. But big time. If, if his team didn't already have wild card Alex Caruso, I'd be fine with adding Dwight. But at this point, it's like, <laughs> all right, how we said we said six guys, and we're going to be pushing eight. Uh, I don't know. It's a little too much. A little too much. Probably a little too much. Because they have so many interesting stories. Like we said earlier with Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith coming. Like this oh, is a fascinating lineup that we just can't talk about in order to stay with the rules. Yeah, we, we kind of boxed ourselves in. But, hey, I'm not mad about it. I mean, we, we did – we set out a clear structure and we're going to follow it. Even though we yep. could change the rules because we made the rules. But Good. now, lastly, we can go ahead and uh, – Move on to the young up- upcomer, I guess, if he could still be called that. I feel like he's been around for a cool minute. Um, and their driver in Kyle Kuzma. What you got on him? The Kuz shooting 29.7% from three on 4.4 attempts a game. He cannot crack a safe. He keeps trying, but not yet. At least, anyway, he can't yet. That's for sure. 104.5 defense rating. So, pretty good, solid. No, good solid defense. I think he's a pretty good driver. My real question is, is he ever going to belong inside the bank for a big heist or the big one, specifically for the big one? Can he be inside the bank and pull off the big one? I don't know if he's going to get there or not. I don't think he's there yet, especially with shooting less than 30% from three, so you're not spacing the court. Playing good defense, not great defense. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be inside the bank for the big one or not. Yeah, he tries. He tries. He's even tried going yeah. blonde to maybe help him out somehow. I don't know how that would help him out, but it it just it doesn't quite get there. He he gets relegated to like, look, man, just just drive. Just drive, and he's like, "But I wanna, but I can, but I can do this." And you're like, "Bro, just drive. We just need you to drive yep. right now. You just drive. We'll handle that stuff. We can handle it." Um, you know, he's <laughs> he he just he wants more, but he's he's maybe not quite ready. He thinks he's ready, but he's maybe not quite ready to get more. So, yeah, and I just have to hope that he ever will be is the real <laughs> thing because I don't know. Maybe yeah. hopefully he will, but we just we don't know. We really don't. So we can go ahead and jump into the recap real quick. Um, Frank Vogel, who's solid mastermind, but we, you know, he he hasn't gotten to the big one and hasn't pulled that off. So there's still some question marks there, but he's solid enough. LeBron, low key mas- lead man, low key mastermind, big boss. He has the year of the big boss, and he has a lot of pull. Basically, anywhere he goes, he has a lot of pull, and he kind of. He does everything. No need to even try and break down the stats. The stats is he is the lead man. Yep. Then we got a uh, KCP. His name is longer than his description. He's cash grabber. He's, he's pretty good though. What he does, he fills his role and he does it. Then we got a, a classic uh, safe cracker in Danny green. And he's, he's, he's been on some crews that have pulled the big one several times. So he's very experienced. He can get the job done. Anthony Davis, who's 
not really the lead man, mainly because LeBron's here, but even so, I think he best fits in as smooth operator who sometimes just random little stuff goes wrong. He, I don't know, gets, he comes to the high scene, has paper cuts all over his finger and like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, I was writing some letters and sending them out. Like, what the heck? It's so random. Nobody else is on. And you got the, maybe the, possibly the, the goat when it comes to Shackton fool, JaVale McGee, who's fills the role of a brew, but really, I mean, he's just a cash grabber and he kind of, him and Dwight are kind of co uh, brute yeah, cash grabber, but they only yeah. they only take one per heist just because of our rules, not necessarily because of how they operate. Then yeah. you got the the young try hard and wanna be more driver in Kyle Kuzma, who's not quite there. He's trying, but he's not quite there. He might get it someday. So uh, you can correct me on any of those if I missed them or overlooked anything. But if not, what are your chances, or what chances do you give them? Here's the thing on their chances. I think their actual chances are higher than what we can actually do in the heist. Because what I have initially here on my notes is a little higher than what I'm actually going to go with. Not a lot, Hmm. but a little bit. Just because I was thinking more in an overall basketball team sense Hmm. instead of these specific six people sense. (laughs) With these specific six, I think we got to bump it down to 60 to 68% again. Kind of like we had for, I believe, the Clippers. From uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. You tell me kind of where you're wanting to go. Because in my mind, initially, I thought they could probably crack 70%. But when it's just those six, I don't know if that's actually the case. Yeah, even if Alex Caruso rides in on a scooter and his hot rotted up scooter and pulls some wild card stuff, like, I, I yeah, I got to agree. We're looking at it in the context of these six potentially seven with wild card, but not really because he's wild card. Really. So he yeah. doesn't really yeah. add any percentages, but yeah, in, in the context of these six and then that mastermind, it's tough. I, I, I would, I don't I, know. I really agree with you. So, I mean, what do we say? Uh, in yesterday's episode, one of them was like 64%. I'd almost just say yeah. it's probably 64%. If we're just looking at these, at, at, at who we mentioned here and, and, yeah. and I say 64%. So, um, I think that's probably what we have to do. It feels wrong not to have it just a little higher, but I think you're probably right with just a, these six. I think that's what we have to do from a basketball, from an overall basketball perspective. Yeah, it's low balling them, but from for what we're doing here, we're talking heist people, and they only have these six. Could they do it? I don't know. I honestly, I honestly, you could probably make a case for why it's a few points less than the Clippers or even the Raptors. But Good. I'm not going to go into that because you do have the LeBron effect, and he always can make up for whatever loss you have when it comes to the big one. So yeah. that wraps it up for the Lakers. 64% chance to pull off the heist. So next, we're going to actually shift gears and jump into the Milwaukee Bucks, the other number one seed who I think really has a really good chance at the big one this year. And um, they're they're arguably the most exciting team to watch mainly for their uh, lead man. All right. So we'll lead off with uh, their mastermind, Mike Budenholzer. And he's kind of similar in a different kind of way, but similar to uh, Vogel just because I think they're both real good masterminds, but they've never pulled off the big one. So we don't have that, you know, that hardware, to fall back on saying, obviously they're a great mastermind. Look at this. They pulled the big one. We don't have that with either one of these two. So 
I'm kind of leaning on he's good, solid. He would be a mastermind that you probably can pull the big one with. We just haven't seen it yet. What are you thinking? Yeah, him and Vogel are really in the same situation. Like they're good, solid masterminds, but they just haven't gotten over that hump with the big one. And so it's just like he's got the tools for it. So we'll see. This is kind of one of those years where you're like, all right, he hasn't done it yet, but he's got the crew for it this year. And barring any, you know, crazy circumstances, it, it's gonna it's it, it really puts a lot of weight on his shoulders. It's like, all right, here's where you prove yourself. When you've got all the tools to do it, can you do it? And that's kind of what we'll see because he's been a solid mastermind. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Then uh, let's go ahead and move on to Eric Bledsoe mm-hmm. shooting 34.8% from three on 3.6 attempts, uh, 4.6 rebounds, 5.4 assists, 99.6 defense rating, which it seems real crazy wow. right now. But do get ready because the Bucks are the best defensive team at least by defense rating in the NBA. So all of their defense ratings are about to be kind of wild. It all looks incredible. And only some of that is because of individual prowess and ability. Some of that is just the system and the team that they're on. I mean, so do get ready for that. But I think he's just a really well-known cash grabber. Everyone knows the name, but I think he's just a cash grabber. Everyone walks in, they're like, oh, yeah, Eric's here. Good. There'll be someone to help out the highest, and you're like, oh, what's he going to do? Well, um, is he going to crack the safe? Oh, not really, no. I wouldn't want him to do that. Okay, so he's a hacker. Yes, kind of. So, okay, so what is? So he's a lead man. He's a lead man, right? No, not, not that either. Smooth operator? Eh, I wouldn't say that. Okay, so he's a cat burglar, no doubt. And uh, he's he's a cash grabber. Just let him do his thing. We're all glad he's here. He brings great snacks. Can we just be happy? <laughs> Man. <laughs> so I was like, I had him. I was like, hacker, maybe smooth operator. But I wasn't really comfortable with either of those. So I, I agree with you. He is probably just a legendary cash grabber. Like, amongst the... <laughs> the the mediocrity that is the cash grabbers he kind of takes it all right like we talked about great drivers he's kind of a great cash driver cash grabber so i'm fine with it i like that i I think that breakdown was totally accurate where it's like well about this (laughs) Uh, hold off on that uh he would be a good driver if he was in that position but he's not so cash not especially on this team. So we can go ahead and yes. uh, move on to uh, Wesley Matthews. All right. Wesley Matthews shooting 36.5% from three on four and a half attempts a game. Once again, incoming crazy defense rating 97.8, Gosh. which is just kind of bananas. It's kind of a bit of a stretch to call him a safe cracker just because he only shoots 4.5 attempts and he only has 36 and a half percent. So I guess he's probably actually just another safe cracker. It's kind of weird, but I I don't know. I mean, you let me know if you got another idea for him, but I think that's probably just what he is. I mean, I'm not sure what else he really could be, honestly. 
Yeah, I, I, I have him as cash grabber because that's kind of what he fits the bill. So there's really not much else to say on him. Um, we can move on to the yeah. interesting case of Chris Middleton, though. Chris Middleton, this is a little more fun. He's shooting 41.8% from three on 5.8 attempts. And once again, good, real good, solid defense rating, 99.6. He also gets 6.2 rebounds uh, per game and then 4.1 assists. So we're talking like the shooting numbers feel like he would be a cash, or I'm sorry, a safe cracker. But the thing that kind of gives me pause about that is his ability to do some other things. Like, you know, that amount of rebounds and assists per game is kind of more of a smooth operator type in my mind, instead of just a safe cracker. And so maybe we could end up going, He's just a safe cracker who also does some other things, or he's just kind of a lower caliber, smooth operator. But I'm okay with either one of them, um, honestly. But it kind of feels like, you know, maybe we're looking more at a uh, smooth operator than actually just a safe cracker, like he used to be in the past. Yeah, he's, I, I think he's broken into the wheelhouse of smooth operator, but. He definitely is still their safe cracker, specifically for this team. But yeah. this team, this team, they, it's when it's another crew where they kind of, they kind of, they have some good synergy and, and they've gelled, and so they, they kind of, everyone kind of helps everybody, right? Like it's like a phalanx, you know. You're watching the guy yeah. on your left, and you're you're kind of filling in. But he is he is this crew's safe cracker. Was once just a great safe cracker, but he's really expanded his repertoire and has become more of just a smooth operator. So I I, I like calling him. He's He's a surefire safe cracker. He cracks a safe on this squad, but he's he's, he's a smooth operator. He can do more than just that. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. Now we can talk well, about the monster who contributes the most to uh, earning to everyone's defensive rating, probably. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he absolutely does. Um, we're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, shooting 30.6% from three this mm. year on 4.8 attempts. That's getting scary. I just want to point that out. I, I mean, we're, we've talked, you and I before, if Andre Roberson could shoot 30% from three, how good he would be. Giannis is doing that this year. That's why it's really scary. Um, 13.7 rebounds a game. 96.5 defense rating. He's, I mean, there's no doubt he's the lead man. The only question is, is he the best lead man in the business today? We're talking him, Kawhi, and LeBron are the three names you hear when it's lead man time as far as who is the best of them. I mean, you could potentially talk KD, but he's out this season, so we'll, we'll ignore it for now. But it's those three right now, and Giannis might be that dude. It's tough to tell him he's not. Yeah, every all the signs right now point to he's that dude. He is uh, he he does everything, and he's blowing people's minds with just everything that he can do. So I, yeah, it's he's flipped like every he he actually truly earns every bit of that ninety six point five defensive rating that he has. Yes, so wholeheartedly, and yeah, he's arguably the best in the business right now. Um, I awkwardly still would have Kawhi above him just because Kawhi is a proven dynasty buster. And that's I'm good with it. That's some kind of generational 
thing that you just don't see all the time. So, um, but Giannis very well could be that. We will see. Right now is proving grounds. This year and the next several years, it's like, all right, man, you've really come out as a strong, strong lead man, and you are insane. But let's see, let's see when it comes to the big one, how you, how you fare. So, uh, go ahead and move on to the 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 less uh, scraggly Lopez brother, Brooke, one who believes in haircuts. Well, and the fun thing is the other Lopez brother is on the team, but just not in this Mm -hmm. top six, so we'll ignore him. Brooke Lopez weirdly cannot crack safes this year. Cannot do it. This year, shooting 29.6% from three on 4.7 attempts a game. He cannot crack (laughs) safes this year. Last year, two years ago, he could crack saves. This year, not so much. Maybe he has the yips. Maybe he got cracked a cracked a forearm, you know, at the quarry for some reason. He was there. We're not sure, and he just can't quite get that twist right. Right? Maybe he lost hearing in his right ear, and it was a safe cracking ear to hear the pin. I don't know what happened, but he can't do it this year. So he's just a brute. I mean, he doesn't get a ton of rebounds. Four point five a game. But he's this team's brute. It's just sad that he can't also crack saves because they kind of need him to. Yeah, because that puts a lot of pressure on Chris then. And then Giannis tries to jump in the game and he's getting better, but he's still not great. So Brooke, Brooke struggling kind of hurts him. But I mean, he's still a solid brute. And so the fact that, but awkwardly, when you have a lead man like Giannis, Giannis kind of takes along, kind of overshadows you because he's pretty brute-ish in his lead man game. So, I, I mean, I yeah. think historically Brooke is a good brute, but it just doesn't—he doesn't really show that much. He's kind of quiet and he just supports. He, he's he's playing a good support role outside of the fact that he's not helping out with, uh, he's not helping out with the safe cracking right now, and they need him to step up. And I think that's going to play a big part in whether they can pull off the big one or not. Um, especially with this bubble situation. So we'll see. But now we can go with uh, who was a surprising driver to me because I definitely was expecting. I don't remember who I was expecting, um, but there was somebody off the bench I was expecting, but it's Dante DeVincenzo. Yep. And if you'll see in my notes, um, he was the first person on the team that I looked up the defense rating for. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm real excited in the notes for it. (laughs) But after looking at the rest of the team, it's a lot less exciting. Uh, he has a 98.5 defense rating, so it's really, in context, not even that great. It's average. Man, was I excited when I first saw him. <laughs> yeah, you had a crazy cause... lookout while driving. <laughs> yes, because he was the first person I looked up, oh and I was God. like, wow, this is wild, because he played enough. He played 58 games this season, averages 23 minutes a game, so that's a good sample size for a defense rating, but then, oh. The rest of the team is, okay, I see now. He's just on par with the team. Got it. Um, Really, he's a second-year guy. He seems pretty solid, shooting 34.4% from three, 3.7 attempts a game. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about him. 4.9 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 9.4 total points a game. So he's fine, you know. He's young and... Maybe he'll that'll cause him to make a mistake here and there, but he seems like a fine driver. Nothing, nothing very exciting, much to my dismay. Yeah, he's he's really really good, but this team overall, 
does like their defensive rating is so crazy that he he falls in average with the team. But I I think he yeah he's he's kind of like a breakout driver. Like we're like okay he's pretty good. You know this guy oh this guy can yeah. drive and everyone's pleasantly surprised. He's not doing anything crazy, but he is just a solid driver. So pretty much yeah I think we can jump into our recap then. And so we have Mastermind and Mike Budenholzer who's he he's got the right crew to pull off the big one. Now it's on him. It's like, all right, man, can you, can you mastermind this heist to, so they can do it? We'll, we'll see. This is a big testing year for him. And um, then we've got Eric Bledsoe, who's awkwardly just a cash grabber, at least for this crew, yep. as, as well, well as Wesley Matthews. Yeah. Eric mm-hmm. Bledsoe is really well known in the cash grabbing world, but you know, I, I wasn't personally expecting that. And then uh, Wesley Matthews, also just cash grabbing along. Chris Middleton, who um, well-known safe cracker, who's expanded his repertoire to be a smooth operator. And then you have the wild lead man with Giannis Antetokounmpo, and who does it all and is um, blowing everyone's socks off. And we'll see if he can do it all and pull off the big one and lead his group. Uh-huh. Then uh, Brooke Lopez, who's a solid supporting brute, but because of the brutish ways of Giannis, hasn't doesn't have to be as brutish because Giannis really takes on those duties for himself. And he needs yep. to crack some safes, but he's not really cracking some safes right now, but he has been able yep. to in the past. And then finally, uh, the newcomer driver, Dante DeVincenzo, who's actually a really solid driver and holding his own. So what are their chances at the big one? This is another case where I was thinking more of the team overall when I first did my initial chances with these people as we're looking at here especially with Eric Bledsoe and Wesley Matthews both ending up being cash grabbers I think it lowers it a little bit from what I have I'm thinking 62 to 71 percent somewhere in that range is kind of where I'm feeling you you let me know I know it's a kind of a wide range but I like to give a decent net and then you kind of are better at pinpointing in an exact percentage. Yeah, I... It's hard, right? Because... Ah, man. I don't know. It's... Because my gut tells me it's more than the Lakers. I might have I pigeonholed myself on this one, right? So... <clears throat> Did you really do a half percent? No. Okay, I misheard that. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I thought I heard a half percent. So, anyways, <laughs> I um, yeah. So I'm like they have a really good chance, but it's also they're that new crew. So you know every every kind of cycle, there's always a new upcoming crew who like explodes onto the scene and you're like, Oh, they could pull off the big one, but they're not like a story crew. Who's had, um, who's had yeah. a lot of experience. And so like with the Lakers or even the Clippers, it's like, you guys prove you guys who pulled off the big ones on these teams. They're on a new crew. Now they formed a different crew and then they're going to. Um, and so it's like, okay, you have a little bit of, body of work there because once you start talking about the big one it's just like um it's it gets so much more important because it's like all right everyone can win you know anyone 
saying this facetiously a little bit, but like anyone can go and win, you know, 60 games. Anyone can pull off a bunch of these jobs, but if you want to pull up the big one, I mean, everything has to go right. It takes a different kind of constitution. Uh, so I, um, so that's really, I mean, my struggle with this team is because they're, they're so new to this and, you know, Giannis has just exploded onto the sea, a scene that I want to say it's like 66 ish, but I'm, I'm almost, yeah. I'm almost like 65 to 66. Cause I think it's a little bit better than those other teams, at least looking at this crew specifically. So I don't know. What do you think about that? That's probably okay. It feels bad though. Always anytime for one, you're going up, you're saying that this team is going to have a better chance than LeBron or Kawhi. That feels bad every single mm-hmm. time. Especially when you're talking about a team who, to my knowledge, doesn't have anyone who's pulled off the big one. Um, no, unless they're riding deep on the bench. Yeah. And, and we so, don't even take those into account. So looking at what we no. have. So looking at what we have, I don't believe any of these. No, no. There's no one that's pulled off the big one. And that's tough because like with every time in the NBA, it always takes trial and trial and trial before you're yep. actually able to pull the big one. There's almost no team that has ever just suddenly been there and pulled it off. I mean, even you think about the big three with the Heat, they had that first year they made it to the finals and lost to the Mavericks. I mean, it just uh. doesn't ha- You don't just come completely out of nowhere and pull off the big one. Mm-hmm. The best Option for that, I think, would be the big three in Boston: KG, Paul Pierce, and yep. Ray Allen. But, but even all those then, guys were experienced, very yeah, experienced. They were experienced, not necessarily with pulling off the big one, but it isn't younger dudes. These weren't twenty-five-year-olds like Giannis, oh. who's their best player, but he's twenty-five. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's terrifying. So I think probably they still have the best shot. Sixty-six percent is what I'm thinking. It just feels wrong. I guess yeah. is where we're at. I, well, I think I think it's hard for us to really disconnect from the from like the 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 overall odds, if we call it, because like yeah. our heist odds are a little bit amended, particularly with the I would say these top three teams, the last three teams we've talked about, or uh, the Clippers, the Lakers, yeah. and the um, and the Bucks, because depth becomes such an important part when you really start talking about the big one. But we're really not looking yeah. into that because we're doing this weird heist thing and it's really kind of maybe biting us in the butt but it's just put us in a weird position intellectually right now so yeah i i agree with you where it's like okay if i really really try and focus on just what i have in front of me i mean they they awkwardly have two cash they're they're one in their two are cash grabbers but like one's a really good cash grabber and yep. Then their driver, I think, is solid enough that he kind of makes up for that. But like, but then when I go and look at the other teams, like, well, they have the LeBron effect, they have the Kawhi effect, they have the Peel yep. George effect. I so I don't know. I've I've almost talked myself out of getting them better, but I, I still think for all intents and purposes, I still think like sixty six percent, just two percent better based upon what we have here. I'm fine with it because that's how good Giannis has been. Yeah. But you are I, absolutely I, right. With historically, they no team has really ever done that before. Come out of the woodwork. Yeah. The only question would be: Is last year does that count? Because they made it. What did they make it to the conference finals, or was it just the uh, second round? I, I thought they got like awkwardly upset. Um, let me look up the. Oh, they 
like like uh, like they only made it to the second round because something weird, right? They might have it, and if they only made it to the second round, then mm, if that... they went conference finals, I could, I think we'd go with it. Yeah. Okay, no, 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 no. I was wrong. I was wrong. They made it to conference they finals, yeah, but I they lost they in okay. six because Kawhi yeah. got full blown dynasty. Kawhi. By the time he got yeah. there, it was full. Well, they four won Boston, which was surprising. The gentlemen swept yes. Boston, and nobody saw yeah. that coming. And so they were all confident. But then Kawhi, they didn't know Kawhi went full dynasty buster. Um, once he got into the, anything that said the finals, he got <laughs> whether it's a conference oh, or the Boston. finals. He it started with blown. game seven of the oh. second round before that. Yeah. But even either spot. way, either way, mm-hmm. that might be enough for them to have enough of a taste of the playoffs to really get there. Because if you mm-hmm. get there, then it's—I mean, who knows what can happen once you make it to right. the big to the stage of the big one. So I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm good with 66. percent That was the long-winded way of saying that. <laughs> but it's not an easy conversation, so I'm fine with it because it's better than the long-winded way that we tried to meander through the no-name teams like the Wizards or True. the Kings. Like this is actually interesting. People know these uh, players, and it's a it's a super nuanced conversation because we're talking about the big one, and we're actually on the positive side of uh, their odds right now, meaning fifty percent or above. So. Um, I think that's I think that's good. I think 66%. They have the best odds right now, at least in terms of the heist. We can talk overall chances another day. Maybe once we've seen how 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 things actually pan out in the regular season games, and we're just talking basketball at that point. But we're talking we're talking professional criminal heist here. People keep that in mind. So 66% for them, 64% for what the Clippers and the Lakers, I believe. Um, so I think that wraps it up and. That wraps it up for not just this episode, but our NBA heist. Uh, Connor, do you have any imparting thoughts on this episode or just this entire series? Well, anyone who listened, I appreciate you uh, sticking in it with us because this was a brand new thing. I know Gus keeps saying I was the mastermind behind it, but it was really just an idea in an email I sent him, I don't know, five months ago. That we were like, I don't know, maybe it'll work. Who knows? We'll, we'll think about it sometime. And then it just kind of appeared that this perfect little bubble would happen that we could actually give it a shot. And mm-hmm. uh, so if you're thinking some of this stuff just doesn't add up, it doesn't quite work. Yeah, probably not. This wasn't, we didn't quit our day jobs for this. This was an idea we had that we didn't invest money into. This was just a fun thing we thought of. And we're going to get better at it if we continue to ever do it again. So, you know, hold back the hate that I know uh, the rambling Viking at gmail.com is always filled with mainly because I fill it. The hate being held back. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, really. I, I don't really have a whole lot to say. I'm interested to see how the bubble goes. I appreciate you. Uh, running with me on this crazy cockamamie scheme. Um, it was well, fun. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure on the, like you said, it was like five months ago in like the middle of the regular NBA season. And on, you sent it to me and I was like, huh? Like, I, don't, I was like, I don't know. I don't really get it. And I was like, but I, but like your ideas are usually solid. So I was like, you know, so like I thought on it for a while and then it kind of like went by the wayside. And then I don't know what happened, but like I was sitting here thinking about the bubble and stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. And it like just clicked for me. And I was like, 
oh, this could be a thing, actually. And I was like, no, this works. This absolutely works. And it was a combination of like the idea in general just kind of clicked for me, actually, where I, because at first, I don't know, I had some weird block where like I couldn't comprehend, like couldn't translate from <laughs> basketball to, to heist. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I was well, just that's fair. It's a weird thing. I think we proved that over these last 11 episodes. But then all of a sudden it clicked because, and I think in part because of this bubble. And I was like, also the bubble just provides us a good chance because guess what? There's not sports going on. So we need creative ways to fill sports and um, not just the cop-outs that ESPN do to talk about uh, political crap because I wanted to hear just some sports sometimes. We get too much into the weeds there. So hopefully this was kind of just like a nice little fun release from sports, but I, I I actually even think this has a little bit of a future in looking at um, and maybe going back and looking at some of the best heists to do it or crews to do it or just interesting crews and we could kind of break them down. So kind of like your classic crew yeah. type situation. I don't know. I don't know if people. Yeah, I was meaning to tell you that on the last episode because we were talking about Marcus Saul and the grit and grind Memphis oh, Grizzlies. Man. That would be an interesting heist crew. (laughs) That would be really fun. Well, then, like, you obviously have Classic Thunder, who have three MVPs um, at one point. All of that kind of stuff. You know, you you have... It would be interesting to break down and what went wrong, why they didn't pull off the heist, Mm -hmm. or why they did, you know. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, like, with the 2011 Mavericks. Like, how did they do that? Did that happen? So I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll turn this into a semi regular thing, and I think we can at least do it with some teams. And um, whether it be just go back and through all the ones that did pull off the big one and break it down, and and then then maybe look have a loser segment. But I think this has actually has some legs, surprisingly. So, but that that closes <laughs> it out for for our NBA heist, um, the first series of heists, and we hope you enjoyed it. We hope. Uh, that if you made it this far, Rachel, if you made it this far specifically, I'm proud of you. Send me an email if you made it this far too, because uh, I'd love to hear your feedback and your thoughts on anything and everything. And um, we're looking to maybe be back um, about halfway through the regular season, this eight game regular season to maybe talk some playoff stuff. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it's the rambling Viking at gmail.com where you can send me all your comments or thoughts or questions. Um, and we will just, we won't see you next time on NBA heist, at least not for the time being, because this was the last one, but maybe down the road a little bit. So thanks everybody. We hope you enjoy uh, the bubble. Uh, I know I'm excited and I know Connor and I are probably going to do, uh, probably watch a lot of the bubble games in conjunction if we're, even if we're not physically together. So that sounded a little weird physically in the same place. Uh, <laughs> there we go. That sounded a lot more clean. So on that awkward note, Bye.